This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Alone Together, a coronavirus podcast. This is the podcast that tells the stories of the amazing people who are doing their bit to keep our local communities going. We will also be answering your FAQs about the coronavirus crisis. Are children carriers of the virus? Can vulnerable people stay together in self-isolation? And is the vaccine on the way? I'm Morvan McIntyre. And I'm Dan McLaughlin. Coming up on today's episode... We have the lowdown on the lockdown. Boris Johnson has told us all to stay at home wherever possible. So, what could you get up to during the lockdown? With no venues to perform at, artists in Birmingham have now turned to a virtual stage. What is lockdown brum? The idea is to share stuff like music, comedy, local business profiles, tips for people like how to keep kids occupied, that kind of thing. And are we anywhere nearer a vaccine? Well, a health reporter gives us an update on the search and research for the answer. If they can, they can test it in adults and get the vaccine out there, then um, you know they've got they've got a real chance of combating this. But first, Boris Johnson spoke to the nation on Monday evening, telling the public to stay at home. The Prime Minister essentially put the country in a lockdown, and this is what he had to say. I want to thank everyone who is working flat out to beat the virus. Everyone from the supermarket staff to the transport workers to the carers, to the nurses and doctors on the front line. But in this fight, we can be in no doubt that each and every one of us is directly enlisted. Each and every one of us is now obliged to join together, to halt the spread of this disease, to protect our NHS, and to save many, many thousands of lives. And I know that as they have in the past, so many times, the people of this country will rise to that challenge, and we will come through it stronger than ever. We will beat the coronavirus, and we will beat it together. And therefore, I urge you, at this moment of national emergency, to stay at home, protect our NHS, and save lives. Thank you. So the message is clear, stay at home, unless you need to shop for food and medicine, you need to exercise, or you need to go to work. We're a couple days into the lockdown now, so Morvin, what have you been up to? 
Well, I've been uh, working at home, set up my studio in my living room. And apart from that, just been sticking to advice. I've been going out for runs and walks uh, just to kind of keep um, my spirits up a bit. What about yourself, Dan? Well, the things about the lockdown, it is a very scary time. And, you know, we can't stress the seriousness of the coronavirus crisis. But talking to a lot of friends, we want to treat this lockdown as something of a opportunity. A friend of mine, Alexandra, she said she wants to use the time that she's going to be in lockdown to learn new subjects, to learn new skills, new hobbies. I'm going to try and do it to write a bit more, enjoy writing. So um, I'm going to try and be productive with the extra time on my hands during the evenings. Yeah, that sounds all very good and impressive. I've heard of people doing the same, like learning languages and, and things like that. And uh, what about the people that are ignoring the government's advice? Oh, I was furious the other day. So I went on my government-monitored slash mandated daily exercise, one jog, ladies and gentlemen, just a one each day. And I went to my local park. And it was a gorgeous day, absolutely lovely day. And there were people, of course, exercising and respecting the rules. They were two meters apart and they they weren't hanging around. They were just enjoying the sun. But, you know, really respecting the rules. And thank you to them for, for doing that to stop the spread of the virus. However, I passed the children's playground and there were lots and lots of families and lots and lots of children playing on the playground, mingling with each other. They were just sort of absolutely flouting the rules. So um, a bit later on when we've got a doctor on this episode, they will tell us about um, our children's carriers of the vaccines and we'll learn a bit more about that and you'll realise why I'm furious at people ignoring the very clear rules. I think what we need maybe in this spring whilst the lockdown's in place, it's really gorgeous weather at the moment, but maybe we need a really windy, cold, rainy spring to keep people indoors. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's really important to stick to the government's advice and rules because the more we try to flatten the curve, the quicker we can then return to, you know, going um, outside whenever we please um, instead of being in a lockdown and social distancing. So I think it's really important to um, listen to these rules um, early on. So with the lockdown, are you going to try and pick up any hobbies, any new skills? It's a good point, actually. Um, I think I've always had an idea that I would write a book one day, but I can't, I feel like after, because you kind of have, I'm sure a lot of people find this when you're working from home, you kind of sometimes think about work more than you would when you leave the office. So I think, yeah, I still need to kind of find that sort of work-life balance thing where I kind of th- say this is my evening now and yeah, I'm going to take up some hobbies and do other things. Well, now now is the time. I expect a full novel from you by the end of the lockdown. <laughs> um, I can't guarantee, but I'll, I'll try my best. Now, for many performers, the coronavirus crisis has, has meant cancelled gigs. So with pubs, clubs and entertainment venues closed for the foreseeable future, many musicians, DJs, comedians, actors and performers have seen their diaries considerably freed up. Since they cannot tread the boards on a physical stage, an online community has been set up in Birmingham to give artists a virtual stage. Mazzy Snape is a marketing communications director, music promoter, a magazine creator, a DJ and radio host. And if that wasn't enough, Mazzy has created Lockdown Brum, a virtual space for artists in Birmingham to perform. 
She spoke to our reporter, Matt Millard, and he asked, what exactly is Lockdown Brum? Right then, so today I'm joined by Mazzy Snape of Lockdown Brum. So thanks for joining me today, Mazzy. Hi, Matt. Right then, so if, if you could start by just telling us a little about yourself. Um, you know, what, what, what's your background and what's led you to um, starting up this amazing thing, uh, Lockdown Brum? Um, so I'm a director um, of a full service marketing communications agency called Bread Birmingham, which I run with my business partner, Alex Powell. Um, also a promoter of the Night Owl kind of soul and live music venue, soul and retro and live music venue. Um, I'm co-creator of um, Slag Mag uh, Fanzine, which is a serious ladies of art and gigs uh, feminist uh, fanzine. I'm a DJ and I'm a radio show host on Totally Wired Radio. So um, I, I like to keep busy. <laughs> yeah, amazing. <laughs> I mean, we we kind of know each other through the industry in Birmingham yeah. already. So it's um, it's great to hear you and obviously know personally how how much amazing stuff you already do for the um, the creatives in in Birmingham and beyond. So we're we're obviously in a tricky situation at the moment where yeah. venues are. I've obviously had to close um, to for the health and well-being of the public. Um, yeah. So we have lots of creatives now, DJs, musicians, actors, and and so on, who are you know, without a place to you know to show their skills and and to and to earn their keep. Really, you know, go yeah. about their daily business. So you've you've gone about and created this um, amazing platform called Lockdown Brum. So I wonder if you could just tell the listeners what what it's all about and and how it's come to be. Yeah, so um, because of the kind of work that I do, I kind of started um, uh, working from home quite, you know, quite early on. Um, and all the stress that was kind of going on with the news and the social media, like people panicking, like, and I was getting really anxious myself. Um, and I just thought that, um, first of all, I thought there needs to be like some kind of friendly face and, and community. Obviously, there's loads of different other communities going on, which is brilliant. But I felt like um, it would be good to create something for Birmingham specifically that's um, just for people to kind of show what they do to create. And it kind of it's it's it keeps us occupied in a way, because not only have we got content to watch and enjoy, but you can also create content for it. So kind of um, I set it up about just under a week ago. Um, just the idea was just to set it up, tell people what it's what it's going to be and then start and kind of start collecting the content from people um so the idea is share stuff like um music comedy um local business profiles um tips for people like how to keep kids occupied that kind of thing and um but pretty much as soon as i set it up i kind of wasn't expecting to to get much content together straight away um we had like people submitting content so um, we've already been showing like various different bits and pieces and it, it's been going well. Like the Facebook page um, is already on about 750 followers and we haven't really done anything with it yet. If you know what I mean, we've <laughs> just kind of put it up there and done some shout outs and, and started sharing a few bits and pieces. Amazing. So the, you found that the response from the community um, straight away as as you know, as being there, you know, this, this kind of group, um, everyone supporting each other and wanting to get involved with the platform. Yeah, definitely. So um, straight away we had um, uh, some content from a local um, comedian and uh, 
I think he called himself a comedian, maybe an actor as well, and a kids entertainer. But um, called Tap Vision. I don't know if you've heard of Tap Vision. I've I've seen his content, but but only through uh, lockdown brum, and then, and then yeah. I've gone back and and looked at his stuff. But yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. It, so he so we've shared his his um his video got was really well received. That was kind of like um a bit like surrealist comedies bit of kind of humour for kids and adults kind of thing. And then um, we've had um, Terry Bush with his um, quarantine Corona Diaries. <laughs> so each day he's kind of like doing like um, a sketch about about being on lockdown. Um, we've had um, uh, Scott, Scott Johnson. Um, he's doing lockdown film festival with us. So he's been putting, he's been sending films um to me via his drive and then I'm uploading them onto the lockdown platform for people to watch and they're like full length like cult feature films that you can't watch at Netflix or catch up or anything like that and then tonight we're really excited to start our first virtual pub quiz I did see this this was going to be my next question I was going to ask you about the pub <laughs> quiz you know yeah. how, so how, how's that work if you know and can can people from all over join in, in the quiz or you know how, how, how does how does the quiz work yeah, so um, basically it's run by Stu Pissaway, who already does um, this speed quizzing. So what you need to do is go on to um, www.speedquizzing.live um, and that will give you the um, instructions and you have to download an app. And then basically you can kind of use the app to, to take part in the quiz, like live alongside everyone else who's sitting in there lounges maybe across the other side of Birmingham or whatever so it's it, um, it, it truly is I mean despite us all being kind of confined to our to our homes and you know across the city you, we're, there's still this um you know kind of community through the through the media of of the internet basically and uh I, I really do think it's a great thing and I hope it yeah. goes well for you this evening I'll have to um I'll have to find out from you how it goes yeah, and the other thing is is that we're encouraging people to to share their kind of um, you know crowdfunding or patron like if they want to set up um, a PayPal, then you know we if they want to submit content and have that alongside a crowdfunder, then we're happy to share that as well. So basically, it's kind of like people are sharing stuff on their own platforms. Obviously, we don't want to stop people doing that. Um, so the musicians or comedians or whoever will share on their own pages as well. But then we we kind of funnel it into like a central place. So we'll upload to our channels as well so that people know. The idea is going to is, is hoping we're kind of moving towards having a schedule so that, it, you know, people will be, OK, there's always going to be comedy on at this time or music on at this time or just like, for example, after the kind of news updates, it can, it can feel a bit sombre and a bit yeah. depressed. Yeah. So we've been trying to put comedy on after that every day. Amazing stuff. So, you know, so the, the plans moving forward, you have, have kind of, you know, certain things on different days or different evenings where where people from Birmingham or, or all over the UK can yeah. tune in and, and 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 watch these watch this content no, oh but yeah I think it's great what you're doing as it really is the most important thing about it is is that community feeling and, and although I've kind of focused it on Birmingham to start or um or that's what we're doing as an uh, kind of we're working together as an agency bread while we're kind of from home we're kind of building up this platform in between doing our um 
bits and pieces of remaining paid work that we've got. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we, we're kind of like working together to to build it up and, and try and get different groups of people involved because everyone's posting saying that they're bored or that they're, they're feeling stressed and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's nice to kind of just have something that's just just about us all sharing each other's stuff, really. Yeah, it really is good, and and yeah, naturally through through being in 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 you know this lockdown and isolation, we are you know learning to spend more time by ourselves, I guess, and and restricting when we can go out and so on. And, and I know that just through you know recording this podcast and and being over the phone to our co-presenters um, in Manchester and Edinburgh just having that conversation on a daily basis can really boost the mood or and, and so on so being able to see this um, content online um, from you know fellow creatives or you know people from the city it's a, it is a real boost of morale yeah i think it's a, a truly great thing i look forward to seeing where where it grows and and how it progresses during this time yeah, well, we've we've had lots of people who um, have said that they're actually making content for us this week. So um, workshops, music, tips, all sorts. So I'm l- really looking forward to kind of having, um, you know, a, a more of a kind of wealth of content for people kind of from next week onwards, really. Amazing. Well, thank you very much for all that you're doing for the Birmingham creative scene and keeping us all entertained and helping to support those um, creatives from across the city. So um, if you just want to let us know, so if, 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 we, if there are any uh, creatives from Birmingham listening in, um, how, can they, how can they get in touch and, and send their content across to you? Yep, so they can either message us on um, the Instagram or Facebook page. Both of them are called Lockdown Brum. Um, or they can drop us an email to cv19brum at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for your time today, Mazzy, and good luck with Thanks, Lockdown man. Brum. And um, I look forward to uh, you know checking out the daily content that's coming from you guys. All right. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. On Alone Together, we try to add some clarity in a rather confusing time. We gather together questions submitted by our listeners and put them before our experts and journalists. Shedding some light on the medical side to the pandemic, journalist Lynn Rusk spoke to Dr Rachel Sutherland. Because we are in a lockdown at the moment, this interview was recorded by phone with both in different locations. So hello Rachel, welcome. Hello. So could you tell me a bit about your experience so far covering um, COVID-19? So I guess um, the way I describe COVID-19 for us at the moment is um, that it's a bit of a tsunami waiting to happen. So the bit where the water gets sucked out and you're sort of waiting for the tidal wave to hit. So um, obviously we've had lots of information from our colleagues um, in medicine in China and Italy about the impending pandemic about to hit us. So at the moment, a big amount of the work we're doing um, on the front line is, is preparedness, is, is getting the areas in the hospital ready and safe to assess and see patients. Um, we're also sort of seeing patients um, with query COVID, lots of testing, um, and also, um, you know, getting ourselves sort of psychologically ready for quite a difficult time ahead. So Louise Wiley's just asked, um, if people in the most at-risk groups 
for example, the elderly, people with lung and heart diseases have mild symptoms, will they be able to get tested? So at the moment, um, the guidelines are clear about this. Um, we're prioritising testing for people with the most serious form of this condition who are admitted to hospital. Um, you know, the majority of people who get this, even people in at-risk groups, will recover from the disease. So at the moment, we aren't completing community testing for people with mild symptoms um, who are in their own homes. Um, there, there is a plan to increase the amount of testing we can do. But at the moment, we need to you know, test um, the most um, at risk and the most unwell patients so that we can target our treatments appropriately within the hospital environment. We, we um, you know, have capacity for a certain number of tests. And therefore, we need to focus that on people with the, the most serious form and also to help us in the hospitals um, to put people in appropriate areas of care so that we're not putting people in areas um, with COVID infection or not with COVID infection inappropriately. And the next um, raft of people we need to open testing to will be um, healthcare workers and also um, sort of first responders like our, you know, ambulance crews, the police, the fire service, because we obviously can't afford to lose a large proportion of people for the 14 days advised. So they'll probably be the next most important people to test. And folk in at-risk groups with with less severe conditions in the community will come at some point down that sort of um, I just have another question here from um, Diane Gibson. So she's asked, is it true that children are carriers of, of the virus? And also, can you get it more than once? There's things that we know, there's things that we suspect, and there's things that are probable. Um, so we do know that children do get this disease. So they, we have tested children who are, have been positive for COVID-19. It's just that for some reason that we don't fully understand, children don't seem to develop the severe form of the disease, um, which is obviously incredibly fortunate, um, you know, that our, some of our most vulnerable groups just, you know, don't seem to get the severe disease. And because we know they get the disease, um, you know, we think that they can pass that disease on to others. But we don't know that for sure and certain, but you know, there's been a lot of talk about children being a vector and by vector it means, you know, people in society that are passing this between other members of society. But the science isn't just quite there yet. But I think it would be silly for us to not presume that they can pass that. And if they are a link between our vulnerable older people, then we need to be mindful of that. Could you just remind me of the second part of the question? Well, of course, it was, can you get it more than once? So, again, this is an area where um, the scientists are investigating this. So, um, this is all about your own immunity. And immunity is quite a difficult topic for, for doctors and for healthcare professionals, as well as the general public. And so, the, the answer is slightly complicated. And we are, this is a very new virus. You know, only really sort of came came into being, or we became aware of it within the human population in October of 2019. So there are many things 
that we don't know about about the immunity of people who have had the disease and recovered. We can look at other viruses like flu and and give predictions about what might happen, but they are just that. They are predictions and they aren't based in fact. We do not know yet whether you develop immunity after this condition and how long that immunity persists for. But it is an area of active research at the moment. There has been a single case report, so one case in Japan that talked about somebody becoming infected again. But obviously, we're we're talking about hundreds of thousands of people with this condition. So I think we should really take that one piece of scientific evidence in one person with a real um, questioning eye. It definitely isn't something we are seeing, you know, at the moment in Wuhan, for example, as as the the Chinese government are starting to relax measures. But it is something the World Health Organization are keeping an incredibly close eye on. And as soon as we have the scientific information, we'll be passing that down to the rest of the community in a way that folk can understand. Okay, and then just one last, I suppose, how, I suppose, just to, to finish it off or so, I suppose, obviously, the new government extreme measures of lockdown kind of that we're in at the moment, I suppose, is this welcome response for doctors at the moment? I think, um, I think that the medical community um, have, in a way, been hoping this would happen. Um, I think we all hoped that people would adhere to the guidelines as best they could, and you know, get the fresh air and exercise, but maintain the social distancing. And um, I, I think that unfortunately, um, you know, from from the pictures we've seen across the media, you know, there, there are a minority of people who have unfortunately spoiled that for the majority. And I think um, the medical community, you know, are at the front line of this. We are in the firing line, we are treating people day in, day out with COVID, you know, going forwards from here. And anything that can reduce the case numbers, reduces our exposure to it, our risk, and our other very vulnerable patients in the hospital. So I think the general consensus within the, the, the medical community is that this is a welcome move. Um, and we're a bit sad it's had to happen. You know, we're all, you know, living in very extraordinary times um, and I think I think this extraordinary measure you know is is welcomed if it can if it can save just one person I think it would be be worth it. Another of the commonly asked questions is whether scientists are close to creating a vaccine to stop the spread of coronavirus. Earlier I spoke to Kevin Christie a health correspondent at The Scotsman, on what sort of stories he's been covering, and he gives an update on some of the scientific research into the pandemic. I know that you were in contact with uh, the Scottish doctor, Dr. Kate Broderick, who is leading the team on developing the vaccine out in America. So what's it been like covering that? Are there any updates on the vaccination? Um, I know they said it could take anywhere between 12 to 18 months. And also, what other stories have you been looking at? Yeah, well, they're taking 12 to 18 months to, to actually get it, get it out there. Um, but it's been de- it's been great dealing with Dr. Kate Broderick. I mean, she's uh, the Scottish scientist who's leading up the Inovio uh, project to develop a vaccine. She's previously worked on Ebola, Zika, and uh, 
mares. Um, so I've, I've done about three or four stories with her. Obviously, there's a there's a strong Scottish angle there, but um, she's been she's been working round the clock, and the plan with them is to try and get um, a million jabs out by by the end of the year, and certainly they're, they're moving towards towards that. Um, I know they're starting trials on humans next month, having previously carried out tests on vaccinated uh, pigs and primates. So, so she's one. But there is there, there's a lot of other people that are moving towards um, towards looking for vaccinations, and in, in the UK as well, it's a it's a you know it's a big deal. Um, Edinburgh University is at the forefront of research, uh, looking at the data. That I mean sampling the data, like collecting the data. Um, which the Chinese, South Koreans, and uh, Singapore have done really well. So we're just, I think, one of the the key elements of this is to is to gather the data and find out the um, like the age profile of the people that are getting the disease and sort of underlying health conditions, how it helps with that. Um, so experts, I know experts at University of Edinburgh have secured five million pound and. This was just announced yesterday. Oxford University were given four million to fund three coronavirus research projects. Um, so I mean that's all that's all crucial. You know the, the the development of the vaccine. If we can get the vaccine, you know if they can they can test it in adults and get the vaccine out there, then um, you know they've got they've got a real chance of combating this. There is still a lot of very important work to do. That was my chat with Kevin Christie, the health correspondent at The Scotsman. He mentioned the work of Dr. Kate Broderick. That's someone whom we'll try to get on the podcast in the future. So that's all for this episode. We hope that we've answered some of your questions, highlighted some of the positivity that's coming out of a troubling time. So stay safe, stay positive, stay informed and stay tuned. Alone Together, a coronavirus podcast is a laudable production and you can download it wherever you listen to your podcasts. But for exclusive, interactive, immersive content, download the Entil app for iOS and Android. You can find out more about Laudable and its other podcasts by following us on social media, on Twitter, where we are at Laudable Pods, and Instagram by searching for Laudable underscore podcasts. See you next time.